Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Hey, good morning, everybody. It is time for the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 with your legends in our own mind, the Garden Wise Guys. I'm Jim Borland, one of those legends. The other one sitting next to me is another legend. His name is Keith. Good morning. My goodness, we got another great, wonderful morning. It is beautiful until tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I care. I thought it was going to be kind of cooler than it is today. But, uh, well, it's supposed to get up to about, what, 70? I don't know. Yeah. Yesterday it was 70. 80. Yeah. And when that was reminding me. Oh, yeah, this is what summer's going to feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Plus some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. The way this operates is that the way it has operated for a very, very long time is that you f- you have to pick up your dialing device and uh, punch in these numbers, 303, <clears throat> excuse me, 477-2473. Four, four, seven, seven, Once again, that's 303-477-2473. That'll get in here, and you'll talk first to Sean, Mr. O'Shaughnessy. Sean O'Connor. Sean O'Connor. <laughs> we, we should come up with a whole list of names for you. We should. Yeah. yeah. I Maybe. like that. Yeah, if I'm not doing anything over the next week, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hi, what's new? What's new? <clears throat> anything new? I, I, yeah, I did. I took a whole bunch of pictures. I, I haven't posted them on Facebook yet. <clears throat> but I suddenly realized my garden's full of white flowers. Really? Like what? <clears throat> Oh, oh, Fendlera rupicola. There's a name that just <laughs> rolls, rolls off, off the tongue. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of uh, boulder raspberries. Of, Ooh, yeah, of those two types. Uh-huh. Uh, another white bush that's right next thimble, to it. That's also called thimbleberry, right? Another thimbleberry, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else do we uh, God. Any anemones? And, and s- no anemones, no white ones anyway. Okay. Uh, Ansonia, it's a, I got a white form of that. Really? Really kind of nice, yes. Pretty? Uh, it, it's in my mind is walking around the garden. <laughs> uh, Fallugia or, or um, Apache plume, yeah. uh, which is probably a name we have to get rid of now. Uh, just starting to bloom. Um, fern bush, starting to bloom. Already? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's yeah. early. Yeah. Uh, and like that there. And, of course, a couple prune trees, prunus trees, mm-hmm. uh, two varieties of those. Um, <laughs> oh, my Xanthoceras. Yeah, baby. Really? Yeah, it's in bloom. It that's has some red in it, so it doesn't quite qualify as pure white, but it's that's mostly uh, white. Yellowhorn? Yellowhorn, yeah. Yeah. In that's bloom. a tree. <clears throat> Is it a very tree? Large, very large shrub. Large yeah. shrub, okay. Yeah. And... Um, what else? There's a bunch of other things. Oh, of course, uh, bed straw. My wife has a bunch of bed straw covering the ground. It's blooming white. Sweet woodruff. Sweet woodruff. There's yeah. nothing for that. Yeah. And um, oh, um, sea kale. Oh, that's the maritima. Yes. Is that the one? Yes. That's a shorter one than. Uh, what's the tall one? 
Cranby Cordifolia? Yeah, Cranby <coughs> Cordifolia. Yeah, that hasn't that started to bloom yet, but it, it's about ready to. Oh but wow. they, but this, uh, both folks, if you want a nice, nice perennial that's white and has very, very fragrant, uh, look for sea kale. I picked one up at Nick's yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, I picked one. I didn't. I never picked one up. It it just appeared. It just appeared. It just appeared really? in my garden. Yes. Well, that's bizarre. <clears throat> not where I'd normally plant it, but hey, it's there. I'm not going to move it. Um, oh. I've I've seen on TV where sea kale is native, and it does grow <clears throat> right beside the sea, in really windy, difficult oh, yeah. places. Oh yeah, it'll take yeah. a lot of salt. Case if you have salty yeah. soil, this yeah. yeah. Good so it's a, it's a doer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I have one that's almost blooming. Not quite white, but anyway, uh, yucca bacata, the banana oh, yeah. yucca. Uh huh. Got a big bloom ready to open up. I've been wanting to put one of those in my yard. I like the looks of those. They're so architectural. They are. They are. And uh, mine's more is a blue-green variety of it, of mm-hmm. which is very nice. Yeah. And I also have, for the first time ever, after over 20 years, a Nolina. One of the common names is bear grass. Cool. It's not quite white, though, but uh, I was excited to see it blooming. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, and I'm missing a bunch here, but th- that you get the idea. <laughs> Lots of white stuff. Lots of white stuff. I didn't realize it until I thought, you know, look at all this white stuff blooming all over the place. Hmm. I have no color, just white. Weird. <laughs> well, you're going to have to work on that. I am. All right. We, speaking of working, we need to get out to the <coughs> phones here. Okay. Carol's been waiting to talk to us out in the Highlands Ranch about soaker hoses. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. What's going on with you today? We got cheated this weekend out of a couple really... Should be nice uh, uh, planting days. Yeah, might be a little chilly and wet. Well, put on your put on your slicker and get out there and plant anyway. Gonna try to finish up today. Okay, I, good. I I use the miniature soaker hoses um, in all of my pots and um, planters. Mm-hmm. Where do they need to be placed? On the dirt, in the dirt, down in the dirt. What's the best location? On to, top. To get the best. On top, okay. Uh-huh. On what, top. What are you? What are you hosing down? Um, it's my. It's my. Oh, I have pots that are eighteen to twenty inches with flowers. I have um, a, a plant. A, I'm sorry, a brick planter that's fairly large, and I have um, annuals. It's all annuals that I'm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can put that on top. Uh, I like to see them under or on the top of the soil and then put mulch over top of it. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So it's kind of okay. hidden, you know. Oh, okay. Because <clears throat> you never know when, when that guy from Better Homes and Backyards wants to take pictures. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, my husband told me I need to bury them a couple of inches. And I, mm, yeah, it works too, but uh, that's a little more troublesome. That, so, yeah. um, I thought they needed to be up, up higher. So, all right, so up higher, just a little bit of coverage so that they don't look ugly. Right. Okay. A little bit of mulch on top of them. Now, my wife uses them throughout her perennial garden, and they're on top of the soil with uh, essentially no mulch. But, uh, you know, after spring sprungs, sprung springs, why, they're covered with foliage, and you don't even see them. Okay, and that's what happens to mine pretty soon. But, uh, yeah. Right now you can you can see them all, except the ones my husband buried. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you'll you'll have an experiment going on now. You can tell you can decide which one work which method You're works right. better. You're right because we have about half and half in the brick planters. Here's the problem yeah. with them. Uh, on top of the ground, if the foliage completely covers them, or if you have mulch on them, or if you have them underground, if you have something that goes wrong, you're not going to know it until the plants tell you. Gotcha. The other thing so I don't like I'm about burying them is those those ho those hoses are porous. So if you bury yeah. them and you, and you, of course you run the water, and then when the water is done, it kind of creates a little bit of a vacuum when it stops. And it can pull uh -huh. soil into those holes and make the the soaker hose less porous over time. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So, um, I have a really large um, annual bed, and before we planted, or before it was time to plant, um, a huge portion of it was covered in small, short purslane. So we treated it mm -hmm. with Roundup. Um, it's nasty stuff, and I, I just can't seem to get rid of it. And so uh, then we put the composted manure over the top and, and it's and <clears throat> worked all that in and it's now planted. Um, preen, okay to use with the, the plants that have been in two or three days now? Absolutely. You can use a product like Preen with, for everybody else as a, a weed preventer or pre-emergent. Stops yeah. any kind of seed, any kind of seed from germinating, but does not affect already growing plants. And you can use that the same day of planting if you want to. Okay. All right. Well, we planted on Thursday, so we could get some of that going. Is there a better choice? No. Uh, Preen is an excellent product. There are other brands out there, and they each have their own pros and cons. Um, okay. But I, I, can't, I can't say that there's anything wrong with Preen. There's a, also a preen with fertilizer in it as well. Okay. I haven't seen that one. Um, okay. Do you recommend that? Should I try that one or just use my regular um, fertilizer that I, you know, my rich lawn stuff that I use? Oh, you just use your rich lawn stuff. Do you, do you, um, okay. do you mulch that area? Uh, no. <clears throat> okay. I, I have done that. Um, I've tried um, the sheeting and you know and poking holes in it and mm -hmm. it is that a lot of work <laughs> yes and, and after a year or two they the, the weeds still come through um mm -hmm. i've tried mulch i've done everything i know to keep that area from getting weedy it's big it's like five by 25 mm -hmm. so it's a, you know it has a lot of opportunity and personally and there's another one i don't know the name of that's just just been my nemesis for all the time we've been in this house but um, it just—I'm at my wit's end. So we well, covered I, it up. Yeah, I think I think yeah. your best bet is uh, for preventing the weeds is is preventing the weeds from ever germinating. So a preen type product is great. In combination, if you would you know give you kind of a, t a one two punch for those weeds is put the preen down and then about an inch of like a bark mulch. And the okay. the more light you can cut out from the soil, the less seed will germinate the fewer seeds will germinate okay i have done the bark mulch in the past but i didn't do use it with the preen so the combination of the two might be mine yes but put I the preen down first don't put it on top of the mulch put it yeah, under the mulch right right, right. Gotcha. and then but don't you, you don't want to disturb the soil then once you've put the preen down right right i understand that okay okay i've used the preen and it's been kind of okay but maybe with the bulk, malt as well, I'll uh, have a better luck with it. 
And by the way, when is the tour for yours and Jim's gardens? Mm, still on the schedule book. Nobody okay. has nobody has asked us to be on a tour. <laughs> no, <laughs> not this year. Years past. I yes. have I have stopped crying myself to sleep at night <laughs> over it. But you know, I, I, I think I think I'm over it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You ought to just do it. Yeah, I've run across two tours, and I don't know any any of the details. But there was a tour in in Lakewood um, that I that I thought about maybe putting mine on it, although I'm two blocks from Lakewood. Uh, And then there's a native plant garden tour soon, if not today. But I don't have any information on that either. You have to go to where could you go to for that? Just, you could can just you? Google plant tours in yeah, whatever so. city. Yeah, that'll probably work. <laughs> well, I just think you guys need to be included. In, you know, well, we have been in the past. The yeah. 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 Well, if you just announce it on the radio, we'll come. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here it is. Come on. <laughs> come to my garden. <laughs> hey, have a good day. All right, you too. Thanks too. for calling, Bye. Carol. Yeah, they were years ago by, I think. Boy, I'm left out. Nobody wants to come look at my garden. Then the next year is like three or four big giant groups that want to come. Right, right. Oh, that we had that <clears> one. <throat> I had that one garden tour group. It was inter- It was from all over the country. I can't think of garden writers. I think it was garden writers. Right. And uh, it was like three huge buses yeah, three pull bus up into loads. my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had them all at one time. I did. <laughs> I had them all at one time, and it's like like there's more people than plants. <laughs> <laughs> And they're trying to take pictures, and yeah. everybody's in the way of each other. I know. It was hilarious. I and I, I really wanted to get on the bus, you know, before they, before everybody got off, and just give them, a, you know, brief thumbnail of what they're about to see. Well, that never happened. No, I just got off and just scattered to the four winds. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no control whatsoever. None. Of course not. No. So I just stood around and you know twiddled my thumbs until someone came up and asked me a question. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's see. We've got some open lines here if you want to give us a call. Yeah, here it is. Here's the number coming up right at you, 303-477-2473, 303-477-2473. And you know who did that? I I don't know. Mark did that. Mark dialed that number. He's on the phone right now. Oh, he must be smart. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, and I doubt the smart part is actually true. (laughs) We'll be the judge of that. You know, um, I'm calling because uh, a couple weeks ago I heard someone comment about a lilac bush uh, being um, and being dead uh, that was uh, thriving uh, the year before. Mm-hmm. And I got one that's doing the same thing. It's like out of this uh, out of this bush, I probably have maybe two dozen sticks coming out and. This year, there's only about two that actually have anything green on them. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, they are dead, and I'm going to be cutting them out today. And I'm just kind of was wondering if uh, there was a, um, uh, a reason for that. Uh, Do you know what variety it was? It's a blue meringue. Oh, okay. I know which one you're talking about. How long has it been in the ground? Uh, it's about the third year, and it's, you know, about four and a half feet tall now and how did it look last summer beautiful it looked beautiful last summer and it just is not doing well this year huh yeah i mean it was fully leafed out flowers uh thriving very well and 
you know, it was the best. I planted three at the same time, and it was the best of the three. And now it's, uh, you know, possibly looking for the dumpster. How, how do the others look? Uh, they're fine. Hmm. Have you checked around the base to see if there was any vole damage? Uh, I have not. That, um, that would be my first guess, since you're describing a plant that sounded very healthy and vigorous, to just die like that, especially a lilac. Seems weird. Um, so I would check around the base and see if there hasn't been a vole in there chewing the, uh, the bark off around the base of the plant. And that would be above the... Just above the surface, right? Right, right at the surface, a little bit above, and probably a little below as well. Okay. What do you think, Jim? That's what I'd look <coughs> for first, and second, yeah. I'd take a look and see if, if perchance, the whole plant might have been planted a little bit too deep. Okay. Plants have a tendency not to react immediately to that. Take sometimes it takes years, but uh, that—that's what I would look for. I'm not saying you did that, but. Uh, <coughs> And yeah. how can he tell? <clears throat> All your stems coming out of the soil um, shouldn't be coming right out of the soil. You should be able to see a crown down there. A root flare. Yeah, a, a, something of a root flare from the, from the bigger stems, at least. Okay, yeah, I'll check that. I mean, I, I, I was very careful when those were planted. And, and, okay. you know, and when I got them, they were only about a foot and a half tall. Mm -hmm. And now they're like four or four and a half something like that you know um but anyway yeah i'll, I'll check that because i'm just kind of curious as you know if there's something we did wrong in the and this is probably not the problem but how are those plants being watered uh they are um on it they're they get hit by the sprinklers and uh you know so they're um they're getting pretty good water, I would say. You know, as, as much as the lawn, and um, you know. It's, uh, I, yeah, I would think after they're established, that's probably enough for for a mm -hmm. lilac. Yeah, and and I even winter watered them throughout. Okay, you know. good. Well, I I'm curious about one thing there, Mark. Um, I've not planted bloomering before, and I was just wondering how you felt the reblooming uh, characteristics. Uh, did it do a good job for you? Uh, I'm hoping this year it would be uh, the the uh, uh, telltale on that. Uh, uh, this spring is the best bloom that I've received so far. Okay. It's quite fragrant. Um, you know, it's just a beautiful smell on that. If you're a, li a fan of lilacs, um, they they have come back, uh, but not super well. Not, not like they do in the spring. Yeah, that kind of was what I was wondering. Yeah, that's kind of my impression. The little little bit of experience I have with it is that yeah, they do rebloom, and and thus that's why I call them rebloomers. But uh, you know, it's it's not much. But yeah. hey, you know, some lilacs <clears throat> during the summer, that even if it's just a few, is is it's still a treat. Yeah, you know, and and you know, we mainly got this variety because. Uh, because the uh, uh, the size limitation of them uh, when uh -huh. they're fully developed, uh, you know, I didn't want to get the uh, you know the 15 foot uh, you know 10 to 15 foot uh, variety. You know, sure. Uh, and just what you got to do to manage them that then these were kind of like self-contained to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. So, but uh, yeah. Um, so 
I'll, I'll take a look at all that. And the other question I had was uh, on on grass. Um, we got a yard of tall fescue, and um, it's growing real well. Uh, but I'm looking down in there, and I'm seeing a lot more uh, brown this uh, time of year than I have in the past. And um, uh, is that a variety that needs to be reseeded? No, I don't uh, think so. No, if you are, <clears throat> if you're grass looks good throughout the throughout like last summer uh and you're fertilizing on a regular basis i wouldn't be too concerned about the the brown blades that you see down beneath uh you keep in mind that we think that grass should be green year-round well each each blade has a lifespan and someday it's going to die and that's going to create a little brown um brown leaf so i wouldn't be concerned about it, especially in the springtime you know, and I was out at Tagalas uh, a few weeks back and uh, uh, talking to someone there and uh, came up and I've heard on the show before about uh, humic acid uh, mm-hmm. and that it was uh, something that helps uh, break down the the, uh, the thatch in the, in the grass. Is that, uh, is that something? Well, that we may have well? different opinions uh, behind the, the mics here, but my opinion is that you can use those kind of products um, but unless you, unless that area is kept on the moist side all the time, if it dries out, you know, humic acid and other organic things are not going to have much effect. Okay. Yeah, I think what the <clears throat> what the humic acid is is supposed to do. I think was it Fertilome or High Yield has something called. Um, yeah, I think they they renamed it to humic acid. It used to be called Thatch Decomposter. Yeah. And when and then they went to Soil Activator. And now it's called humic acid. It's a mined product out of, I want to say New Mexico or Arizona. And, you know, it, it, it's basic. The, the theory behind it is that it helps feed the microbes in the soil profile. Uh-huh. And the more microbes you have, the faster the, that dead material gets, you know, composted in the ground uh, or, or chewed up, you know, and, and turned right. back into nutrients. So um, I, I completely agree with Jim. If you're using that, you, you do need to make sure that you're, you're watering frequently enough to keep that process going. Gotcha. It's like having a compost pile. I mean, compost piles work. I have one. Um, but if it goes bone dry, it stops working. Mm-hmm. Those, those organisms it. need moisture in order to, to keep living and doing their thing. Yeah, and it really helps to aerate before you apply. Got it. Okay. And don't, expect, and don't expect magic. Right. Oh, come on. <laughs> I I know people who swear by it. Yeah. I really do. That they just absolutely love the product and they love the green, uh, the color that the the grass turns and so forth. But I would still use it in combination with a regular fertilizer program. Sure, sure, right. Yeah, there's not you know one bag does all. Right, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I had today. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thanks for your call this morning. All right. Take care. Uh-huh. And it's time to take our first break, and we're going to do that right now. And we'll be back very quickly right here on Legends 810. Time for Ask the Bonide Guy with answers to what's bugging you. Let's go to Dave on line one. Oh, hey, so I'm really big into next-generation technology. Uh-huh. I've got a next-gen TV. I've got a next-gen lawnmower. Cool. Yeah, so now I've got next-gen weeds popping up in my garden. Uh, what do you recommend? Hmm, how about something next-gen? Oh, really? 
I'm all ears. Bonide Cleanup HE is the next-gen way to kill unwanted weeds, grasses, and brush in hours with just one application. Whoa, okay. So what's with the HE? Oh, it's a new high-efficiency formula, kind of like the laundry detergent. With Cleanup HE, one gallon treats up to 1,000 square feet. That's like three times more than what you're using now. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, and Cleanup HE is great for outdoor patios, walkways, driveways, and round flower beds and gardens. Just spray and watch those weeds disappear. Now that's smart technology. Thanks, Bob. Guy. Get next-gen weed control with new Cleanup HE from Bonide. Trusted since 1926. Visit your local hardware store or garden center today or learn more online at bonide.com. Happy May from Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue. You will find trees and shrubs, annuals, perennials, herbs, veggies, hanging baskets, and lots of garden decor at Jared's. Of course, you will need to keep an eye on what Mother Nature is doing and be prepared to either cover or bring tender plant material inside if we have some cold nights. In addition to plants, Jared's has a great gift shop with unique items. Shouldn't be hard to find something that will make anyone on your gift list smile. Koi fish and water plants have also arrived. Most of their trees and shrubs are now in stock, and this is a great time to add trees and shrubs to your landscape. Their knowledgeable staff will assist you in selecting the right plants for your conditions. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue, between Kipling and Sims. Spring hours are 9 to 6, Monday through Friday, and 9 to 5 on weekends. They hope to see you soon. What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moon shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf, perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought-resistant. Colorado's own Turf Mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer. Call into the Fix-It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 930 Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. All right, we're back here. We're taking your phone calls at 303-477-3. Sorry, let me do that again. 303-477-2473. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue like no, the old it, one. No, it huh? doesn't like the old place. No. <laughs> Maybe we make it a little ditty out of it. Well, yeah, I just think, you know, repeating it. You should repeat it over and over or have it play in your ear while you're sleeping. 
over and over and over again. I have, I have enough problems sleeping. I don't need that <laughs> go, going, going through my mind. Put it in a tune. All right, right, there's your job for the next week there, Sean. Put it in a little tune. Yeah, take the take the tree farm tune and, and make it a <laughs> telephone <laughs> number. That'll, that'll oh, stick. I got it. I will. Yeah. That'll stick. Or, or, or take those numbers, you know, write out what, what the letters are that correspond with them and see if you can't make something out of it. Oh, there you go. It's going to be in an 80s mix. Okay. All okay. right. Well, we've got uh, three folks on the line. <clears throat> well, I, I'm, it's not my fault. I know. They called it. They called us. Okay. Then right. we should call on them. All right. Well, let's go out to Michael in Arvada. He's got some questions about mushrooms. What's going on, Michael? Well, not too much. Um, we got these mushrooms. There's, there's like bare spots in the lawn. My wife thinks it's caused by a rabbit that chews a little pathway. Uh-huh. But in, with all this uh, rain we've had this spring... It's been really wet, and so we got lots and lots of mushrooms coming up in those bare spots. Sure. Oh yeah. And that's fine. They're, they're they're not causing the bare spots. No. Well, and that's what I told her. Nobody ever died from mushrooms in the lawn, but yeah, it, they're actually you can tell her they're beneficial because they are well, the yeah the the under the the main part of the organism I'd call I I can't call it a plant and I can't it it's kind of a it's a fungus I guess. But uh, yeah. the, the main part of the plant is underground, feeding on and decomposing dead tree roots and other dead organic matter in the ground and returning all those nutrients back to the soil. Uh, the, the mushrooms are just the fruiting body. Uh, that comes, so it's like the tip of the iceberg. Uh, there's, there's nothing I can recommend that you use to get rid of them other than mowing them off or kicking them off with your feet or just letting them run through their cycle because it'll it's temporary yeah they go away after a while yeah they? uh-huh at least the flowering or the blooming part of it right right but you know if you can if you can just get into your head that you know this is a beneficial thing that's going on in the soil and it's it's benefiting all the other plants around it uh it's not causing the lawn to die that you'll you'll be fine I'm looking at her over my shoulder. I don't know. Are you convinced? Yes. She says she's convinced. <laughs> okay, I heard that. <laughs> she doesn't believe it when I tell her, but when you guys say it. Well, of course. You know, when you have an expert say it, it's that whole different thing. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Thanks. You bet. Thanks for calling this morning, Jerry. Or Michael, excuse me. Oh, okay. we should ask him if there was anything close by, like a tree or a big shrub that was taken out over the past X number of years. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't even have to. I mean, I, I, tree roots die even with big, healthy trees. Well, that's true. Tree roots die, and so they start to be decomposed, and and uh, that's where the, the mushrooms get involved. But they're a good thing. I, mm-hmm. I always look at them as a good thing. Uh, the, my dogs look at them and sniff them and turn up their noses and walk away. Probably just as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's the, not kibble and bits. No, it's not. No. And it's not killing your lawn. <clears throat> and it's, it, they're actually not killing anything. They're they're feeding on what's already dead. So there you are. Yeah. So there. I don't have anything else to add to that. <laughs> like Martha, I'm trying to think of something. Like Martha would say, it's a good thing. <clears throat> I would say so. I did. We had a tree taken down. I've told the story before. Mm-hmm. Big honey locust tree because mm-hmm. it was literally falling apart. 
um, had it taken down. And did we have the stump ground out? I think we may have, yes. And I had mushrooms coming up 20 and 30 feet away Mm -hmm. from those roots dying for the next five to seven years. It took that long. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was telling you the other day, in, in the, right at the front sidewalk of my house, I've got a water feature area and some large cobblestones. And I noticed that something was, I thought something was burrowing under the cobblestones. Well, it turns out they're just these enormous mushrooms pushing yeah. the cobblestones <clears throat> up and out of the way. Yep. And in the process, pushed some of my plants out of the ground. <laughs> And I, I, have, I haven't taken out any dead trees, but I do know that I have a big locust tree there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, probably growing on a dead root from that. But it happens. Yeah. Mine disappeared finally. They're, they're not oh, there. Oh, is that long. right? Yeah. It took a long time. Well, they come out with the moisture, and then once it gets yep. a little hotter and oh, drier, they'll stop. Well, we should tell people that you're going to be seeing more mushrooms this year, perhaps, than in the past, because it's been wet. It has been. We've had, what, about two-thirds of our moisture for the year already? Well, when you compare to last year, I think we're now above what we received (laughs) all of last year. All of last year, yeah. And I might add, the uh, South Platte River Valley, which is a pretty good-sized valley, if you look at the map, is up to 134% of normal for for, uh, not precipitation. Well, for precipitation, yeah. That's pretty good. Yep. The, the rest of the state isn't quite as is good. In, is in, uh, sorry, state. 71% overall in the state of, of normal. Mm-hmm. So there. I mean, you just never, never know. We keep telling people that, what's it going to be like this year? I have no way of knowing. How no about way. next year? Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen next week. Well, and this year in particular, with, with the wet, but then the very cool, but not too yes. cold, yeah. everything's been pushed back about two weeks. Yep. So I, I don't even have any peonies in bloom for Memorial Day. First one bloomed yesterday in my yard. Is that right? Yep. They're very late. The iris are just now starting, and that's two weeks late. The crab apples were, were late. Everything yeah. just seemed yeah. to be late this year. <clears throat> or maybe it's normal, and we've just been... Oh, I, you know, it could be. Uh, vegetable garden stuff I have put in there, things you normally put in you know, early, early part of the year when it's still cool. Man, they just sat there. Mm. And they germinated, and it's like, all right, any time now, you can start growing. And weeks went by before any of that happened. Mm-hmm. And now they're finally growing, but good Lord, it took a long time. Yeah, I'm really tickled with my garden this year. It's really doing well. I've got fantastic lettuce and spinach and broccoli. Yeah. You want more spinach? I'm going to have a ton. Are you? I'd oh, love yeah. some. Because mine, I was, I was, oh, it's just ready to harvest, and I go pick a few leaves, and there's little white eggs all over the yeah, backside. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great, leaf miner. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet. So that's why I'm, I'm trying to, I should go out there and just pick all those leaves off before they get attacked. So now I have to go through and pick off the leaves and then wash them and one wash at a time yeah. to get the eggs off of there because my wife <laughs> would not like the idea of eating <laughs> bug eggs in her salad. <laughs> doesn't bother me. I just train her to close her eyes when she eats her salad. <laughs> it's, it's just salt, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's protein. Come on. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? We've got to get back out to the phone yeah. because uh, Kate in Denver is next up. She wants to know about mowing her yard. Good morning, Kate. Hi. Um, I have a question about mowing. Should you always pick up your grass clippings? No, I never do. 
I, I have hard, hardly oh, ever do. Yeah. I haven't picked up a grass clipping <clears throat> in in decade. Well, I shouldn't say that. Once in a while I do if I need some mulch from my vegetable garden. But that's the only reason I ever pick up a grass clipping. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Oh, yeah. So this one guy said, "Oh no, it burns up your yard." No. <laughs> Sorry. But you it's a good oh. idea to have a mulching blade on your mower. So okay. so that it okay. cuts up those Makes um, a difference. Yeah, it does. Yeah. A mulching, yeah, yeah, a mulching blade makes those grass clippings much finer. It cuts them into smaller pieces so that they decompose more rapidly once they hit the ground. I rather okay. suspect, I've not checked, but I rather suspect that all lawnmowers sold these days have nothing but mulching <clears throat> blades on them. I would imagine I, so. I could be wrong, yeah. but um, oh, well, ours has one. And keep them good and sharp. Yes, that also helps. Sharp. Yep. Okay. Okay, well, thanks a million. I love your show. I'm All right. glad you're back on the air. Well, thank you, you Kate. Thank you much. Yeah, okay. this year, uh, a couple of times we cut our yard and waited way too long. But then it was, you know, rainy. What are you going to do? Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a lot, <laughs> a lot of dead grass on the lawn. Well, you go over it the next time, and, you know, most of that disappears. And the third time, it's all gone. Well, see, I'm not as patient as you are. I, I went over mine, too, and it had gotten too long. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and it left those little windrows, yep. you know. So I went over it again and oh, again. Okay. <laughs> and I kept going over it until all those windrows were gone. I don't like looking at them. One of the things you can do after you've got those windrows or lots of dead grass once it dries up, you can take your lawn rake out. I turned mine upside down. Mm-hmm. It seems to work that way. Yeah. And you go over all of those, and they filter themselves down into the grass. Yeah, yeah. All gone. Yeah. Uh, the other reason I don't like them is I have two dogs that like to run around in the grass. And then they track all of that into all the house. All comes in the house, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, it happens to your feet, too, if you walk over and No, it's never. Wet. No. <laughs> I mean, you don't get your wife saying, did you wipe your feet? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, I get the, did you? And I'm already saying, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Well, why don't we take our last break right. for this hour, and we'll come back <clears throat> and talk to Jerry about lawn questions. And we can talk, answer your questions, too, because we have some open lines. We have the open lines, and here's the way to fill them up. You have to fill them up. We can't do that here. You have to do it out there. Here's the number, 303-477-2473. And with that, we're going to take a short break and be back right here on Legends 810. At DeWitt Company, we have fabrics for every reason products for every season. With summer gardens just around the corner, now is the time to select DeWitt landscaping fabrics to block and prevent weeds without harmful chemicals. Save time and trouble pulling weeds by installing fabrics for every application under the sun. DeWitt Weed Barrier and Weed Barrier Pro block weeds guaranteed and allows air, water, and nutrients to pass through. The fabric conserves soil moisture and promotes plant growth. New to the lineup, DeWitt Garden Weed Barrier, a biodegradable paper mulch that is perfect for vegetable garden lovers and organic enthusiasts alike. Simply unroll and install before planting, and at the end of the growing season, just rototill it into the soil or throw it into the compost bin. Perfect for annual gardens. DeWitt Landscaping Products and Plant Fabrics are the number one choice of professionals in the lawn and garden industry. DeWitt's high-performance quality products save time and are environmentally safe for the responsible homeowner. You'll find DeWitt products at your favorite independent garden center retailers. 
Outdoor gardening doesn't have to be a chore. Stop by Lafayette Florist, Gift Shop, and Garden Center, and we'll give you tips on creating the perfect size gardening journey for you. Let it be an adventure. If you're looking for easy gardening, try container gardening. Pick a pot and fill it with your favorites. Maybe it's a small salsa garden with cilantro, Roma tomato, and a jalapeno pepper plant. Choose annuals for pops of color on your patio or give yourself a tropical oasis in a pot with a fern. Choose a small section of your landscape, add good topsoil, and choose a few plants that fit the sunlight you receive in that area. Fill a window box with herbs or plant a beautiful display of color. Plant what brings you joy. Gardening has a powerful effect on your well-being. It gives you something to nurture and to watch grow. Feel the power of plants. Visit Lafayette Florist, Gift Shop, and Garden Center in the heart of Lafayette. We can help with all your gardening and floral needs. Located at 600 South Public Road. Call us at 303-665-5555. Or visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com. Is your garden or lawn yellowing in color? That's the sign of an iron deficiency. You can help to correct that deficiency with Monterey brand Dr. Iron Granules. Monterey Dr. Iron Granules is a non-staining fertilizer that can be used on lawns, shrubs, flowers, ground covers, vegetables, trees, and more. Use it anywhere around the garden where plants are yellowing or pale because of iron deficiency. Monterey Dr. Iron won't burn foliage or stain your concrete sidewalks or driveway and is OMRI listed for organic gardening. Simply apply Monterey Dr. Iron Granules according to label directions and follow with a deep, thorough watering to move it into the soil profile where the roots are. It's that easy. Is high pH a problem in your soil? Monterey Dr. Iron Granules is also an acidifier that helps in lowering the soil pH and its controlled release formula is great for season-long feeding. Monterey brand Dr. Iron Granules are available at Jared's Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Lafayette Florist in Greenhouse in Lafayette, and other fine independent greenhouses and garden centers. Tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. All right, we're back. We're taking your phone calls right here at 303-477-2473 here on Legends 810. And having said that, we have someone... We have Jerry on the line. Who apparently is a girl. Yeah. Because <laughs> it right. says so right there. It says Jerry girl. Okay. Good morning, Jerry. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine. Good. How are you? Good. I'm uh, concerned about our lawn. It's looking fabulous, probably best it's ever looked. But the other day we had an invasion of about 35 blackbirds come flying into our yard, and all of a sudden I see they're all eating little grubs. Yes. And I'm saying to myself, this is not a, probably a good sign. Well, it is a good sign because now you know there's grubs there. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't have to pay anybody to give you that diagnosis. Right. Now, the question is, what do you do about it, right? Right. I'm not sure I would do anything unless I knew those grubs were causing a problem, which they might. Uh, the gra- you said the grass looks really good? Yeah, it looks great. And how much time did the birds spend on your lawn? Yeah. Oh, I would say they were here for about, oh, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about nah. it then. If okay, they were well, there for a couple of hours, uh, I would have said, yeah, you've got a problem. Or, or, if you, or if you look out this morning and there are thousands of birds on your lawn. Yeah, no, <laughs> that just, they just came and then they left. But 
you keep talking about Japanese beetles and grubs. And yeah. Mm-hmm. We've never had any Japanese beetles that I know of, thank the Lord for that. But uh, I thought, oh, I hope we're not getting something like that going. So you think it's just okay, huh? I, I think so. Uh, if it were my yard, I would probably go out there with a shovel and just dig up a patch of the grass, you know, nice and deep so that you can plug it right back in again. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and see if you find any grubs yourself. Okay. And if you don't, I mean, if, if you have enough grubs to be a problem, they will be everywhere. Okay. And, and if you dig that up and you can't find one, or you only find one or two, it's not a big deal. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll stop worrying about that and find something else to be concerned about. Okay. And I'll call you back when I figure that out. <laughs> All right. Well, huh. keep, a, keep an eye on that area of the lawn uh, as we get into the hotter, drier part of the season. If it starts to act up, then, then we might have a grub issue. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your advice. You bet. Thanks for calling this morning, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Speaking of birds feeding in the lawn, yeah. looked out the other day, and there were three birds that I haven't seen in a long time on my lawn. One is this simple old starling. Mm-hmm. We used to have hundreds of them in the neighborhood, and then all of a sudden they disappeared. Mm. And they saw a single lone grackle. Okay. I haven't seen one of those in years. Yeah. We used to have lots of them around. And a blue jay. Nice. Nothing unusual about any of those three, but um, hadn't seen them for quite some time. And the, and the blue jay was silent. That is unusual. <laughs> That's unusual. <laughs> now, you had grackles one year. I don't know for what reason you had put down some mothballs. Yes. I had or were they orange peels? No, but other people have commented on that. Okay. Yes, I had mothballs. I, we, my vegetable garden is surrounded with railroad ties. Oh, yeah. And uh, there were some wasps that had found a way in between two of them. And uh, it was something that uh, right in the place you have to walk by every time. You have to walk right by. And I thought, you know, I don't really want that. don't want to spray them, so I'll put something in there or repel them. So I had some mothballs around, and I shoved them in the cracks and stuff. And I look out, and here are the grackles pulling the mothballs out. Okay. And rubbing them underneath their wings. Uh-huh. How strange is that? How did they know that I that's a good insect repellent? I have no idea. And it, I talked to other people about it. I said, yeah, it'll do that with orange peels, too. Yeah. Any kind of citrus peels. And yes. cigarette butts. Oh, because of the nicotine. Yes. Yeah. Of course, they don't know that. But, they don't know it. Uh, somehow they learned Instinctive. That. And we think birds are dumb. Not really. That's Maybe that's what killed all the grackles. <laughs> well, <laughs> some mothballs. Grackles will also, um, in, in certain parts of the country, there's some ant, a certain ant that will spray formic acid. Mm-hmm. And they'll pick up those ants and rub them underneath yep. their wings and yes. so forth, too. That formic acid is a, yep. gets rid of their... Parasites and things. Yep, wood for me. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> I just I, think that's brilliant. It, it, it is, and I'm sure lots of other things that have uh, insect repelling qualities. Uh, mm-hmm. Those birds and probably other birds do it too, but uh, I've actually seen it on grackles. Now, see if we had if we had uh, <clears throat> Scott and Dave on the show, they'd be able to go you know, wax eloquently about. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, They'd probably even have a, a poem. Probably. <laughs> Certainly a joke. <laughs> yeah. My favorite one they ever had was about peanut envy. <laughs> but we won't go there. No, we're not going. Let's go out to talk to Bill out in Denver about uh, some some dead plants. Good morning, Bill. Good 
morning. How you guys doing? Okay. Excellent. What's going on with you today? Oh, uh, well, I kind of was listening to you guys, the gentleman with the lilac. Um, I actually have a, own a commercial landscaping business for about 40 years. Uh-huh. Um, I made your rant a long time ago when you were young and you used to rant all the time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So we have, what I'm finding this year, plants that were planted last spring, um, through July, water leafed out, got through the winter, or well, you know, went into fall. I have 85 dead blue mist spireas. I noticed a lot of dead blue mist this year yes. as well. <clears throat> yep. Dogwoods. I got dogwoods, 45 dogwoods. They are all dead. And I, you know, I understand we're going to lose a few. Right. But I do not understand why, you know, every single dogwood. I have an, and then we have a place um, in Aurora. We planted 25, two and a half inch maples fall of 19. Last year, they all came out beautiful, all looked great all year. This year, all 25 are dead. Well, I'm trying to recall, um, I know last fall, I don't have any dates in mind, but we had one of those really quick freezes before most plants uh, had had started to go dormant. You think that was it again? I, I'll that? bet you that was it because what with two now might be three, two and a half years ago. We had the similar thing in October. Uh, well, very, very quick and very low temperatures after, you know, high temperatures during the day. And boy, that well, just yeah. destroyed a lot of things. Last spring we had the same thing. Yeah. The trees just ready to bud out. I think what we went down to like 11. That That'll do April, it too. Yeah. yeah, that can uh -huh. do it too. The other, you know, on the other end of the season. Yep. But this, like I said, I mean, I don't think the, I'm going back through my head. I just, I don't think we've had anything that drastic that would. Well, we used to, yeah, used to, we used to think that drastic meant that we went down to 20 below zero or even lower, <clears throat> and it's, that's not the only thing that can do this. It, it's those really quick freezes before the plants are ready. Yeah, if it had happened in December, it wouldn't have been an issue, but it happened in October. Do you think that that's... I, I think it is. I'm seeing dead trees all over the city, including pine trees that have been there for a very long time. Especially Vanderwolfs. I mean, it seems like every Vanderwolf <clears throat> has lost its top. And entire trees, uh, like ash trees, are gone. Uh, and and yeah. the, the only explanation to me is, is uh, weather events. So you think it was an early frost last fall? Yes. Yeah, I think so. And I think it might have been a cumulative deal. Because we, <clears throat> excuse me, we'd been getting those, like in 2019, like you said, we had that fall thing. In, in 2020, we had a fall issue. We had um, a spring issue as well. And I think over, over time, that just kind of gives a cumulative effect, just like a drought would. You know, drought doesn't affect plants that quickly, especially if they're established. But over time, it can cause a lot of trouble. I'm particularly puzzled, though, about the blue mist. I, I've been seeing that, too, in some of my own clients. And, and it's, it's not like they're um, all killed, out, killed outright. There's, like they'll put up one or two live stems, but the rest of the plant is dead. And so it's, yeah, it's, not, it's not completely dead, but it's really not worth keeping either. Right. And, uh, you know, in my case, 
guess who's got to replace them all? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, that 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 doesn't that doesn't and work. Well. This this does probably doesn't help. And I'm looking out the window here from a 12 story building, and I can easily count 20 dead trees. Easily. Well, full full grown trees. I've been there for decades. <clears throat> Gone. Yeah. Well, I was just like I said, it's kind of just racking my brain trying to think what would have caused this to happen. Like I said, and, you know, I've been doing this 40 years. You have 80 blue mist pyreas. Generally, I don't see yeah. 80 dead blue mist pyreas. I see maybe six. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, you know, it's so widespread across such a large variety of genuses. And, and and ages of plants, mature, you know, teenagers, and even newly planted stuff. To me, it, it just it just says environmental. Okay. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, blame our environment. This, this stuff isn't supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell the architects that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for calling, Bill. Yeah, once again, it's been a nasty year. Almost every year you can point at something that's going to cause plant death. Oh, yeah. Nobody, number one, wants. <clears throat> and nobody, number, nobody ever planned for. But there it is. It's a tough place to grow plants, people. It is. It's a challenge. <clears throat> Even for the hardiest of plants. Even for the natives, it's a challenge. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, and when you think 150 years ago, you, can, you could look at this window up here on the 12th floor over here near... Um, Chatfield. Is this Chatfield? No, that's yeah, Cherry that. Creek. Cherry Creek Sorry, Reservoir. Yeah, yeah. Cherry Creek. Yeah. <laughs> you can look out the window here and you'd realize that none of those trees that you're looking at would have been here 150 years ago. No, none no, of not, them. Not a single one of them. No. And there's a reason for that. We're a high plains desert. And by desert, I mean 12 to 14 inches of moisture a year. And, and that includes yeah. snow. <laughs> that's not enough moisture to keep living thriving trees for the most part or most shrubs too and that's why it gets really confusing when you're reading <clears throat> things from other states like say virginia or north carolina or tennessee or something like that and they say this plant is drought tolerant well i get 50 60 inches of rain a year yeah, so a drought is 40 inches <laughs> so you got to say, I, I am so tired of seeing Xeric plant lists that yeah. have Budlia on them. Butterfly <laughs> I know, bush. I know. <clears throat> I mean, if there ever was a definition of a non Xeric, non drought tolerant plant, it's butterfly there bush. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it, you got you to check the sources. You, you really you do. Know, Mr. Google goes all over the world, and you had better check the source of what you're reading. If it's something east of the Mississippi River, and it says drought tolerant, just ignore it. <laughs> just ignore it. Well, echinacea, uh, very, with very few exceptions, yep. not drought tolerant. <clears throat> not even close. Oh, yeah. maybe one of our, we have a native one, but yeah. Yeah, like I said, very few exceptions. And, and suppose, you know, I suppose that some plants will survive a drought. They're not going to perform well. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be something no. that you want to look at. And if it happens two years in a row, now, now it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So be careful. Daylilies. I don't know why they put daylilies on a drought list. I don't either. List. Well, back where I grew up, they were along the highways. Right. Nobody planted them. They just, you know, they come in there. Birds did it. Birds, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and nobody planted. Nobody takes care of them. And there they are, blowing their silly heads off. So, so consider this. 
for Colorado, for something to be drought tolerant or xeric, it needs to be able to survive and perform well with eight inches or less of moisture a year. That would be helpful. Yep. You know, what plant does that? That's what we had last year. Yucca. Like eight years of eight, <laughs> eight inches of moisture. Yeah. Yes. Well, I shouldn't just say yucca, but you have a whole yard full of them, Jim. Yeah, a whole yard. Their, their plants are there. Uh-huh. You haven't watered them for 20 years? 20 years. And having stopped in a garden center that I haven't been to in years, looking around, I saw a handful exactly. of the thousands of plants that they have that would fit into my front yard and do well. Mm-hmm. Literally a handful. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody to blame. It's just what people want. Well, so many of them, so many of those types of plants look terrible in a small container. Well, yeah, you wouldn't want to buy it. <clears throat> You'd look at it yeah, and say, that's the scrawniest, saddest looking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and you're going to be paying big bucks for it. <laughs> you would be. Exactly. And I'm going to put that in my yard? No, I don't think so. Don't I'm going to go so. buy that geranium yeah, over there. Yeah, look at that. That's, <laughs> that's only half the price and much, much prettier. Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest drawbacks. But I think Plant Select is a fantastic program to <coughs> check out. Uh, it's, a, it's a program that is um, a combination, uh, joint venture between Colorado State University, the Denver Botanic Gardens, and then local growers Yes. Uh, to determine plants that are suitable and dependable for this climate. So you can go online, just type in Plant Select. And it'll come right up, yeah. first thing on Google. And check it out. They have a great list of plants. And right now there's a big promotion going on at the garden centers today, as a matter of fact, called Bring on the Heat. And you can go to just about any garden center on the front range and talk to folks about, there'll be a display, there'll be a person there to answer your questions. You'll be able to see uh, past favorite plant select plants and, and possible new varieties coming on the market in the future. So it's a great time to learn more about this particular program. Indeed. We've been talking about water and how much moisture we get here. You want to guess how much uh, what our ET was over the past week at Denver International Airport? I'm, I'm going to guess an inch and a half. 1.4 inches. 1.4 inches, yeah. With that's, that wind we had that one yeah, day, that that's, didn't that's help. That's probably what did it. For a couple of days in a row, it windy. Golly. That's mm-hmm. no fun gardening in the wind. I don't like that anymore. No, it, it makes me irritable. <clears throat> I know. You're always irritable, though. So. Well, <laughs> it just adds to it. What can I say? <laughs> I'm either irritable or irritated, one or the other. Yeah, and sometimes both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. and stand by. <laughs> I just went one and a quarter inches or one and a half inches. That's like in the dead dead middle of summer we lose that much moisture. Exactly, yeah. And it wasn't that warm. It wasn't. We hit 80 degrees, I guess, maybe a couple times. Yeah. And by the way, <clears throat> before we go to our break for the top of the hour, we've got Alfred, Amy, and Pat <coughs> on the line. So hang in there. Yeah, don't We'll get to you right out of the top of the break. It's too late to do it this hour. But I just wanted to point out that there are still plants that are struggling to leaf out right now. Yes, and a good example in my yard is white fringe tree. Oh. I, it's just now starting to put out some leaves, and I was beginning to worry. But, uh, you know, Jim and I are both of the, uh, of the opinion that if you have a plant that hasn't leafed out yet, go out there, flex the branches. If, it, if it's still flexible, uh, or you can nick the bark with your fingernail, <coughs> if it's green underneath, wait. See what Mother Nature can do for you. 
All right, we're going to take a little break here. We'll be back really quick after the top of the hour right here on Legends 810.